welcome back to Leatherheads Footy. My name's Morgan. On this episode, St Kilda early 2023 preview. Ross the Boss coming back to the Saints. Very exciting times for St Kilda. They've got a material list. They've got a couple of guns. They've got a couple of young guns coming through. And they've got a few players maybe showing a little bit of promise. But overall, I think it's a list that probably doesn't provide a whole lot of excitement and anticipation. Ross is the guy that's going to have to bring all of that energy, particularly with the news that's just come out. Uh, Max King's had a shoulder injury and will probably require a reconstruction, which will rule him out for the first couple of months of the AFL season. Hopefully when he comes back, he can hit his straps. But being a key position guy, still sort of learning his craft, is a massive interruption and hopefully not too bad for the Saints. Hopefully this cloud has a silver lining and they can find another guy to step up, but they're looking pretty bare down forward. Maybe this means that Marshall moves out of the ruck and Tom Campbell comes into the ruck because they'll really need that key forward. Um, down there, I'll discuss that a little bit more. Episode audio is now on Spotify if you want to grab that and follow on Instagram if you want to grab any more content. But without further ado, let's get started. St Kilda early 2023 preview. Starting from the back line, I've got the key pillars. Interestingly, not with Zane Cordy in the team. There are a couple of changes over the offseason for St Kilda. The in was Zane Cordy, apart from the draftees. I'm going to talk about them in later videos. Zane Cordy came in. Ben Long went out, and then a couple of retirees. Dean Kent retired. Darren Jeery. Garen Jeery. Never know how to say that properly. Retired. Paddy Ryder retired, and a couple of guys that weren't getting heaps of opportunities also retired. But... Cordy comes into the team. At this stage, I've just got him as a depth key defender because Dougal Howard is going to be your main lockdown guy. Is always top three, top five in the comp for one percenters since coming across from Port Adelaide. He's been really consistent as a real lockdown spoiling defender and also takes the kick-ins occasionally, just kicking long and maintaining that defensive structure with him deep behind the ball. Cal Wilkie, I think, was included in the All-Australian squad. Just a really, really solid defender. Super classy and composed with ball in hand, doesn't make any mistakes, just plays within his limitations, makes smart decisions, mops up pretty well at ground level as well. So he's a good sort of in-between size, but can play on the tools, can get a fist in and take intercept marks. And then the third guy I've got is Josh Battle, because if I'm choosing between Cordy and Battle, I'm going to pick Battle. I like his versatility. Ideally, you don't want him playing key, key position, but I think this is probably a stronger mix. And if you've got Cordy, Wilkie and Howard in there, I can't really find a position for battle in the back line and not sure where he'll end up playing. The injury to Max King means potentially battle could push forward and be that key forward. I think he was more of a forward coming through the juniors. Uh, 2016 draft, so coming into his seventh year, I think that is. And a guy I think has got heaps of talent, but hasn't really ever reached that potential, been thrown around a lot of different positions, which has to be hard. He debuted as a key position player when he was still in school playing key forward, so potentially moving back into that forward line with King going down and Hayes probably a couple of weeks into the season before he returns from that ACL. Moving on to the smalls, uh, it's an interesting mix and I think potentially a really strong mix. I've got Ben Patton coming back into the team. He had that broken leg, really bad broken leg, that ruled him out for a little while. Slowly got going a little bit this year as Nick Caulfield went down with an ACL. So they've had sort of mirroring stories over the consecutive years, missing the whole season. As that like smaller defender, although Patton plays a lot more lockdown than Caulfield. Caulfield is more of an interceptor and rebounder, whereas Patton is just a really solid guy that you can rely on to take care of a good small forward. A type of defender that you really need in, in all teams because most teams will have a really good small forward. Patton is the guy that will lock down on that. 
just solid fundamentals. Nothing special, but a guy that plays to the team plan week in, week out, which is something that all coaches, and in particular Ross Lyon, will appreciate. Then you got Jack Sinclair, really elevated himself to the elite halfbacks of the competition. Last year, moved to that halfback flank, and we saw glimpses, but he just continued that progression this season. Teammates really starting to trust him, getting the ball in his hands as often as possible. He had free reign across halfback, and yeah, playing very similar to how Doherty does, just scoops up all those loose balls. When the ball comes to ground off hands, he's there. He gets a lot of uncontested footy, and he uses the ball well. He provides a lot of run as well, which is important coming off that halfback line. He's a good kick, but I think his run and carry is exciting, and he can break the lines, just change things up a little bit, and add, get some movement into the ball, helping to rebound. Hunter Clark's the final guy. It was probably him or Caulfield for this final position. Uh, Webster there as well. But I think Clark has to be in the team, especially if you're looking to rebuild a little bit. Like a mini rebuild is, I think, what Lionel will go through. He'll have to be trying the new guys in new positions and working out what, what the best chance at a premiership looks like for this team. And Hunter Clark, he's unquestionably a talented player, just gets injured all the time. He's one of these skinny guys, a bit like Will Day at Hawthorne just gets bumped around and is always getting himself in awkward positions and hurting himself, can't play consistent games and get that continuity together and get that confidence in his body. But beautiful, silky skills, kicks on both feet, really, really clean hands, can mark overhead. He's got a great sidestep and he's really composed. So if he can stay on the field, I think he's a really good halfback foil. Sinclair composed as well, but he provides that real excitement. X-Factor takes off when he gets the ball, Hunter Clark can be a bit more of that composure, just really make his defenders feel relaxed when he's got the ball in hand, take that extra second, slow things down and find an option. So that's what I've got him in there for. Webster and Cordy, I've just got them in as backup options. Webster's a really good kick and pretty solid lockdown defender as well. So he, I think he's, he's a reasonable option, but at this stage, I just don't find a spot for him. I think he's there just as depth. And as I mentioned, Cordy is going to be the same. If any of these defenders go down or if maybe they're struggling with the real big, big forwards or multiple big forwards like a Kerno and Mackay at Carlton, maybe he'll come in specifically for that matchup. But at, at the moment, I can't see him breaking into the 22. Moving into the midfield now, as we know, or maybe don't know, but Ross Lyon loves players who run. That's sort of his main thing is if you can't run, you can't play. He's a little bit famous for saying that. I've heard him say that quite a few times on the radio and stuff like that. And luckily for St Kilda, he's got a couple of guys who can run. Bradley Hill, one of the best runners in the AFL in history. Fantastic gait, covers the ground so easily, kicks the ball really, really well. And he's that real meters gained, up and down the ground, all day player. Uncontested possessions. He's not a contested player at all, but if he's given the opportunity to, he can play that uncontested wing role really well. On the other wing, I've got Naziah Wanganin Miller quite similar to Brad Hill in the way that he plays. Super, super classy. I think he's probably even got a few more tricks than Brad Hill, but maybe not quite the running ability. Like, he, he's stronger overhead. He's got a really nice sidestep, and I think he might end up being a little bit more powerful in traffic, potentially playing a bit more of a contested role. So he could move to halfback and play as more of a intercepting halfback flanker and then add his rebound with his skills. Whereas Hill, I think at halfback, he, he can't really win his own footy, so he's reliant on his teammates. And then if his teammates aren't winning the ball for him, he can't really offer that much. But at this stage, I've got these guys lining up on the wing. And then it was tough between Wood and Ross because they've got 
probably too many similar-ish midfielders. I've got Ross playing as the third in that wing rotation with the ability to push inside. Depends on how things fall for the Saints, but Ross could either be playing out on the wing or on ball, potentially taking like Brad Crouch's spot or Jones's spot. Uh, on ball mix, I've thrown Gresham in there to begin with. Obviously, Steele plays on ball. That's a given. He's one of the best players in the competition and definitely one of Sekilda's best players. He's their captain. He leads from the front. Wearing that number seven, I think. Oh, I'm just thinking of Lenny Hayes. Number nine is Jack Steele. Um, but plays a little bit like Lenny Hayes. Just courageous, no fuss, gets the job done. He's also skillful. And I think his outside game probably doesn't get as much recognition because he's so good inside tackling. But, yeah, just a guy that super consistent. Never going to play... Um, like a ridiculous game full of highlights, but he'll turn up each week and each possession is solid. Doesn't really make many mistakes. Uh, I like him in there. And then this is where you probably want that little bit of X factor. And for that, I've gone to Jade Gresham showed his ability to run through the midfield. And what I like about him is he can produce those really damaging center clearances. He gets on the move and he likes ducking around the back of the center circle winning the ball out of the hit out and just accelerating. He takes those quick 15 steps and he kicks really, really long. No one can catch him. He's super dynamic, low center of gravity. He's got powerful legs. So he can sidestep, but he's got that acceleration like a beach sprinter, a bit like if you watch rugby league, um, South Sydney, New South Wales, half, oh, dummy half, can't remember his name. Anyway, kind of runs like that. that. That was unnecessary and confusing. So I've got him in there. And then the third position, tempted to go for a Ross for that more uncontested balance in the midfield. But what Crouch does provide is really high tackles. He's an elite mid as far as tackling is concerned. And that's where his strength is, is really around the contest, getting a handball out or laying a tackle. When his spread from the contest isn't fantastic, he's not a really natural runner, but that's his, his real ability. So I think still can provide that outside inside balance and then crouch with the real tackling intensity around the contest, feeding at handball and Gresham getting on the move to get those damaging stoppages, but then potentially pushing forward and not playing the whole game through the midfield. I've got, as we'll get to Windhager in the forward line, who I think might start out of the center bounces, but as we know, Ross Lyon loves playing a tagger, a real lockdown midfielder. And I think potentially not in the center bounces, um, who Windhager will be that guy tagging. He'll swap into the midfield and he'll lock down on the best opposing midfield if they've got one that they've deemed worthy of a tag. Finally, in the ruck, I've started as Ron Marshall because I just like him. I think he's another guy in that conversation with Steele, um, maybe Sinclair now, and Max King as the best player at St Kilda. I think he's fantastic when he's on. He dominates around the ground. He could he could very easily play it at, to the same level of Tim English. I think potentially even more. Marshall's just got a bit more of that physical intent and aggression that English hasn't quite developed yet. And I think that, yeah, he can be a genuine match winner. But as I mentioned at the start, the injury to Max King could potentially push Marshall into the forward line to cover there and be that target. And then Tom Campbell comes in off the bench and plays that tap ruck role, just competing. That's all they'll really ask of him and try and win the ball enough around the midfield to get it into this forward line and give Marshall enough opportunities. Zach Jones, I've got as the third on the bench. He's a guy who can provide a similar burst and damaging clearance as Jade Gresham. His speed off the mark is probably his real weapon. And unfortunately, he's always getting injured. It happens quite often that guys, real burst power players like him, 
are often getting hamstring injuries because of the nature of how they play. Their bodies aren't quite up to it and the rigors of AFL when you're playing at that intensity and high speed. So he hasn't quite got on the park as much as they'd like, but I like him because he adds that slightly different mix to this St. Kilda midfield. Finally, finishing off with the forwards, Max King I've got in there because he's obviously in their best 22, even though he will miss the first couple of months of the season, hopefully, best case scenario. Then Membry is the guy that pushes up the ground, also likes dropping behind the ball. That's something they did quite a bit last year is dropping behind the ball as that spare intercepting defender if the game was getting out of hand or if they just wanted to protect a lead. And then Jack Hayes, super impressive. He's a little bit undersized for a ruck, which is where he was playing in the sample before he got drafted. And he played that sort of half ruck or majority forward, pinch hitting in the ruck to support Ryder at the start of this season. I think just fantastic. He's a lot more mobile than your typical big lumbering ruckman, but he can also compete, can take a contested mark and can kick a goal. Like, yeah, I think really impressive. He's he's almost your perfect guy, a little bit like a Finlayson at Port Adelaide to play that ruck forward role. And he'll definitely be lent on even more as Max King misses those early games. King, I'll touch on him. Just terrible news, really. He's He's almost unstoppable. When he gets a clear run at the ball... No one can stop him. You have to chop his arms and obviously risk giving away a free kick because he's just so tall and that extension is is pretty much, yeah, the perfect key forward. Pick number four back in 2018 and he missed his first year, his whole first season after an ACL injury. So you've got to take that into account. And at his size, he's going to take even longer because he needs to add enough muscle to that frame to give himself stability and strength in the contest and not being pushed over all of the time, and he's starting to get that. You you saw signs this year, particularly that game against Frio this year, where he really showed that he's getting to the stage where he can take a game by the scruff of the neck and really win it for his team. Obviously devastating, but yeah, the the goal kicking stuff. I think it's really a minor issue. It's like he does all of the hardest things. He takes contested marks. He gets heaps of shots on goal. And the, the set shot thing, I think, will just... As soon as he, he nails it and gets a little bit of confidence, the whole issue will disappear. People will stop talking about it. It's a little bit of a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. If you're thinking that you're having a bad time kicking goals and you're nervous when you're running in, you really need to be relaxed. That's probably the key with most physical execution of skills, but yeah, in particular, set shot goal kicking. The key is to be relaxed, and the more you're thinking about it, generally, the worse you'll do. But that takes us to the smaller forwards. As I mentioned, Windhager, I've got him starting in the forward line and then pushing into the midfield to be that tagger. And then Gresham probably shoots forward. And then Higgins and Butler. Higgins, I love him. He's a really smart player. He offers heaps of energy. Can take a mark on the lead. Can kick a goal. Just creates things. Offers tackling pressure. He's a little bit hard to get a handle of. You don't really know how to play him, I think. He's got unusual sort of proportions. He plays in a little bit of a manic way, and I think that's what you want uh, in your forward line, and you don't want to have to defend someone like him. So I really like him. He's also really, really clean by hand and really creative with his handball. Coming through the under-18s, he played as an inside mid, and he's got the potential to go in there and be that midfielder, but I'm just, I'm not sure at AFL level with the size of the grounds and how quick the game is, whether he's got the running capabilities to keep up to all of those stoppages but when he gets an opportunity in tight just watch for his handballing and his clean hands it's, it's quite high level and then butler he's got speed and excitement 
you'd really be hoping for him to recreate that year from 2020 where he was fantastic. I think all Australians scored at least, and he just kicked heaps of goals, really pushing up the ground and then getting back hard after he lost his defender. He's a good front and centre player, just really neat, really neat, compact, um, never has a hair out of place and finishes goals well. Reminds me a little bit of Luke Bruce, although Luke Bruce is up there with one of the best small forwards that the game's seen, particularly in the modern era. So that's high praise, but I think potentially he, he plays in a similar way to that, maybe with a little bit more speed. And then on the bench, tricky. I put Mason Wood as a forward um, with the potential to push onto the wing. He was quite impressive playing on the wing late, but he started his career as a forward. He's super mercurial. He's one of those guys that every now and again, a bit like a Gary Rowan maybe, every now and again just has an enormous game. Sam Reid from Sydney does a similar thing. Has an enormous game that just makes you think, oh, what could this guy be? Um, and it keeps him on the list year in, year out. So he, he can offer a bit as a forward. And as I mentioned, Hayes may be slow coming back from that ACL and King out at the start of the year. Wood would probably get a role as a key forward. I can't really see anyone else offering that. Um, maybe him, Membry and Marshall pushing forward with Campbell into the ruck. Otherwise, he could jump onto the wing if there's some injuries or Lyon wants to maybe push Ross on ball and then have another genuine winger. And he provided quite a lot on the wing, particularly with his height and his marking. It's just a different dynamic when you've got one of those taller wingers that can push back and take intercept marks and actually actually impact in the air instead of just getting to the feet for a loose ball. And then Billings, a guy, um, yeah, funny story. Like he was taking the pick before Bontempelli and that's always been a little bit of a black mark on his career because obviously Bontempelli is one of the best players in the comp and will go down as like a star of the game in the history of the game. It's not Billings' fault where he was drafted and he, he just hasn't really delivered. Like he, there were stages where he was really, really solid, got higher numbers, pushing up the ground. He uses the ball really well by foot and he was sort of getting forward, kicking a couple of goals a game, really good finisher. When he's on, he's good, but he's just, he's had a couple of years where he's sort of been nowhere. Maybe that's the coaching and hopefully Ross Lyon can bring the best out in Billings because at his best, he could he can play on the wing. He can be a damaging winger, half forward, pushing in. I can't see him really being an inside midfielder. He's just more that uncontested, out like classy outside ball user. But I found a spot for him. I'm I'm not sure though. I'm really not sure where he plays. And it it's a really interesting watch on this St Kilda team, seeing because they've got quite a mature list. They've got a lot of guys like 26, 27 years old. It'll be really interesting to see what sort of improvement Ross Lyon can get out of these guys that have already been in the system for ages and see how much that like little mental shift can make a difference at this level and, and how much a good coach can make an impact at a club. We're going to get two examples with Ross Lyon at St Kilda and Alistair Clarkson at North Melbourne and see yeah, what they can do with, with lists that have been around for a while. But I think... As a new coach, you'd much rather the North list because they've got lots of young guys, lots of young guys that seemingly have potential, lots of high picks. With St Kilda, there's really not that. They've traded away a lot of picks getting in players and yeah, they don't really have many first rounders at all apart from King and maybe Hunter Clark. So yeah, it, he doesn't have heaps to work with, but that's that, I guess that's the challenge of being a coach at this level and be interesting to follow for the rest of the season. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time.